today we're going over the best years of our lives. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is Easy Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today, we are going to be talking about the very best years of our lives. Now, uh, one of the parties here has many more years in their life, <laughs> and uh, one of the parties has more years to go, but we you were... You never know. You never know. And that's why you got to be thankful for every single year that passes. Exactly. So, uh, we're going to be giving some honorable mentions to some other great years as well, but... The best thing about reflecting on your life and your past experiences is that it's all different. One year can mean one thing to some person, and then, of course, vice versa for the other. In my case, I grew up mainly in the early 2000s, and uh, my dad grew up in a completely different generation, <laughs> far removed from technology. Back in my day. Uh, you know, he almost wrote this on a stone tablet. It's very interesting. The papyrus he had to use and uh, the typewriters eventually when he was in college. But there's, of course, big generational differences here. And that's what we're going to explore today. So why don't you go ahead and start with the very best year of your life? Well, I think you know the answer to this question. If you ask me what's the best year of your life or your favorite year of your mm-hmm. life, I think those could be different things. I know your favorite decade for sure. And that is the 1980s. Are there other decades? There are other decades, but I will say that uh, while my girlfriend and I were on the way home, we were listening to exclusive 80s pop, and I said, you have to talk to my dad about this because he knows everything there is to know about 80s pop culture. You are dating the right person if you were listening to uh, 80s music because of her. Of course, we had some Eurythmics, some Human League, a little Mm. bit of Don Henley. Classics. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So go ahead and give me just the best time of the 80s for you. Okay. Just about every every year of the 80s is memorable for me, but I'm yeah. going to have to go with my favorite year, 1984. George Orwell. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, well, yeah, not related <laughs> to George Orwell, in fact. But, uh, yeah, 1984, I was, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I was 16 years old. Wow. And I was, uh, I guess, a junior in uh, uh, high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think the thing for me that made 1984 so memorable, as I, as I reflect on my reflection, mm-hmm. uh, no, as I reflect on it, I think it was perhaps the last year that I didn't work all summer. Okay. And I never really put those two together until just now, and I have no problem with working. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I like to work. I think you know me well enough. You better know me well enough to know that mm-hmm. I, I like to work. And I always have, but... 1984 is, um, especially the summer, is a time I remember vividly for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, it was the summer of the 1984 Summer Olympic Games in Los Angeles, California. Interesting. Or as they, you know, as, you know, they built it up. Where the was games of the 23rd Olympiad. Where was it held? Did they build the a Los stadium? Angeles Coliseum, where I have been since then, uh, and it's... It's it's um, it, it's incredible. Uh, hmm. You know, I, I think it was the first time that I recalled the Olympic Games being in the United States during my lifetime. Anyway, um, you know, I could go back and look, but there was something about that summer that was. I mean, you know, you, you can watch some 
films mm -hmm. that are, you know, about your adolescent years, like Stand By Me comes to mind or, yeah, or some other films. And, and in, a, in a, almost a storied way, mm -hmm. 1984 is that year for me. Mm -hmm. um, I was glued to the television. Um, I was glued to watching... Uh, you know, all of the events of the Summer Olympic Games. And the fact that it was just on the other side of the country made it that more magical. Mm -hmm. And um, my, my... You were very, in New York, Pennsylvania at the time? I was in New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. And my very good friend, Vic, uh, to whom this episode is dedicated, yes. um, is, uh, was a big fan of the Olympic Games, too. So we would talk about it every day. And the other thing, too, is we would get up and we would run. Even back then, I was running because mm -hmm. it was during the cross-country days, right? Sorry to hear that. Yeah, um, but we would get up early in the mornings and, and meet. He lived on the next block over, and he would come over to my house, or I would go over to his house. We would alternate days or whatever, and we would run, and we would talk, which is hilarious that I could actually talk while I was running. Is that how people had fun back then? Yes, and it was awesome. And, <laughs> and so we would, we would run and talk about the Olympics that we had seen on television the night before. Remember, there was no internet the only source of information was the, the television news and, yeah. and just the general media, which was far more narrow back then. Um, we would play tennis with our other friends during the day in the neighborhood. We would just kind of hang out. We would um, Sometimes we would go to another friend's house and we would play Risk or Dungeons and Dragons. I did not play d and I just want to be clear of that because that's just not my thing. But it was just as I reflect on those, on, on my... In my past, there's something magical about 1984. And I will share a little bit more about why 1984 is so special to me after you tell us a little bit about your favorite year. Of course. And just to sort of expand a little bit on what you're saying, I think everybody remembers what it was like to be between, you know, 15 to 18, 16 to 18. It's a time in your life where there's a lot of change on the horizon, mm -hmm. but you've also been there for a long time. You know, you're an established teenager at that point, but you're almost quite nearly an adult. And the sense of freedom you were talking about. Yeah. That was big. It was a sense of freedom that I could just sort of hang out with my buddies during the day. And uh, yeah, it was kind of great. We all lived in the same subdivision or, or uh -huh. development, as they call them in New Jersey. And so we were all close together mm -hmm. and could just connect sort of organically. Yeah. You know, we didn't have cell phones. I know how this sounds, but it was just great. You know, I'm not that young. I mean, there's uh I mean, I remember a time without cell You're phones. You're 23. You're young. No, of course I'm young by your standards, but at the same time, you know, I mean, I remember a time where having a cell phone was very much, you know, something only adults had. It wasn't like a teenager would have cell phones. Mm -hmm. And I mean, of course, that came around later middle school for uh, everyone, including myself. But, uh, you know, I remember having to go outside or just wait, you know, not having any sort of external stimulation, not playing a game on your phone or anything like you that. You do remember landlines, too, right? Of course I remember yeah. landlines. Well, that was all we had. So I remember talking to my friends on the landline. I remember uh, one of my friends, uh, he called me up and uh, he told me he got an Xbox with uh, Call of Duty, which must have been 2010 or something, on our landline. And I remember that was the very last time I had a meaningful conversation with somebody over a house phone, other than, of course, uh, harassing some of the telemarketers that uh, came over and mm. tried to do that. But, um, of course, we all remember when we were 16 to 18, which is a good segue into my favorite year. Yeah. Um, so, for me, it has to be 2016. And I think a lot of people share the same uh, idea as I do. Uh, for my class, so, 
for my class. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was when we graduated high school. Yeah, so you were a year older. Your your favorite year, you were about the same age as I was in my favorite year, just a year older. Uh, yeah, I think, so you were 17 when you started college. I was, I was 18, mm-hmm. so I believe I had turned uh, uh, 18 maybe six or seven months prior. Mm-hmm. And um, this, this was a huge year for me. Not only was it very transitional, it's a time in your life where you do have that free time and you are who you've been for the longest time, yeah, but you're also point. learning about yourself and what you're going to become one day. Um, and for me, there was something really special about perhaps having a clean slate, going to a new school, the promise of being able to meet new people, make new friends, and learn new things, and you know, a different sort of educational space. And that summer, summer 2016, I know a lot of people my age also talk about how good it was. The music, just you know, the atmosphere in the air, the ability to know that you're done with high school, but you're on to the next part of your life, whatever that was, whether you're going to college or not. There was a sense of freedom there that was very, um, very eye-opening to a lot of us, and I think it really paved the path for who we are now in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a lot of great movies that summer. You and I ran our first marathon that year, in January of 2016. We did. That's why it was your favorite year. Yeah, and also, consequently, that was the last year I ever did cross-country. So, uh, <laughs> Or maybe that ended uh, near the end of 2015, but same gist. Uh-huh. Um, regardless, 2016 was just so great because... It ended a large portion of my life, but it started another huge portion of my life. And now that I am removed from both of those portions of my life, reflecting back, it's something that I can look back and say, you know, I'm very, very glad to have had that time in my life where I learned a lot of things and I've moved forward as a better adult, you know, somebody who isn't young anymore, but who isn't old either, Mm -hmm. you know, of course. And I, I feel that as I get older and i know that you laugh and smile sometimes when you say oh you know you're not old but it does feel that way sometimes uh hoss is barking so we are going to go let him out for a second and we will join you back in a second all right as you know our two wonderful dogs we're getting a little bit antsy there but uh hoss and pepper are going to play elsewhere right now while we continue this so we were also talking about honorable mentions uh because only to have one greatest year of your life, or at least one memorable point in your life that you like to reflect back on, it's not enough. You know, yeah. there's other good there's other good parts of your life that you really enjoy. But I'm not quite ready to go there yet, Nola. All right, where are you ready to go? I want to talk more about 1984. 1984. It was, a, it was a really important year for me, just on a, on a lot of levels. I mean, I already talked about sort of the common... Well, I think the other thing... First of all, I think you make a really good point about that stage of our lives, yeah. whether you're a junior in high school or a senior in high school, you're sort of on the precipice mm-hmm. of what's next, and you don't quite know what's next, and now when you reflect on it, you, you're you aware of what happened subsequent to those years. So maybe there is that bit of an innocence, that, yeah. uh, that not knowing and that excitement. It's almost uh, like a reset, too, because it's the point where you're an upperclassman and you're preparing to be an underclassman again. Yeah. Yeah, you know? it's really interesting. I will. I wonder if twenty nine years from now, when you're my age, mm-hmm. if you will look back and still say that two thousand sixteen was the most memorable year or your favorite year. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Honestly, I never would have expected, uh, and I don't know what it says about me either at, at this stage of my life that. Mm-hmm. When I was 16, that was the most memorable year, one of my favorite years. But there's just so many reasons. And I think it was, I, you know, I, I, would, I would 
first of all, I would babysit or I would mow people's yards. And mm-hmm. th- those were my jobs during the day after running and, and after tennis and before Dungeons and Dragons or <laughs> just observing that, right? And people would say, did you see the, um, the race last night? And they were talking about, um, you know, the Olympic Games. Yeah. Or did you see, you know, certain events? And Consequently... Was, 2016 was also a summer Olympic Games. Yes, year. it was. And the last ones. Incredible. You yeah. saw Michael Phelps uh, finish off his mm-hmm. career with a lot of gold medals. You yeah. had some emerging stars as well. Gymnastics was excellent that year. Well, in gymnastics, Mary Lou Retton. Yes. Was I mean, you know, uh, Bart Connor and 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 Peter Vidmar and Mitch yeah. Gaylord. I mean, the whole Tim Daggett. The whole it was the Carl Lewis uh, for track and field. It was just a huge year for Olympic stars. And, you know, there was a lot of patriotism yeah. associated with that. But I also have to admit, too, that, and you heard me say this before, um, as a pop culture fan, there were a lot of things that I associate with uh, the mid-80s and 1984 in particular. Top shows, The Cosby Show. Now, a lot has changed in the world for the star of the Co- the main star of The Cosby Show, but... Just like Michael Jackson's Thriller. A lot has changed. The number album of the year that year. 1984. Yes, yes. So see, my point of all of this is that it's just all these iconic sorts of things. Other TV shows, 60 Minutes, still going strong. Is that Um, when it started? No, I think it was on before then. 60 Minutes has been on longer than The Simpsons. How's that? Uh, Family Ties, The A-Team. Vic loved The A-Team. We got a Um, movie in 2010 that was not nearly as good. Not good. Uh, Murder, She Wrote, um, just some some Magnum P.I., which is funny because there's a new Magnum P.I. on now. The, was that Tom Selleck? Reboot. Yeah, that was Tom Selleck. Newhart, I've mentioned that show as one of my favorite shows of all time on a previous episode. Not the Bob Newhart show, right? R- correct. Okay, Scarecrow this... and Mrs. King, ever heard of that one? No. What was that about? Uh, great show. It was about the Scarecrow and Mrs. King, Noah. Right. It was uh, <laughs> It was like uh, he was a P.I. or... In, in, and she was a lot of detective crime yeah, shows oh, yeah. were popular. Yeah, time, absolutely. Huh? So there was that. So on the TV front, that was that Cagney and Lacey, Trapper John, MD. So medical shows, sort of the precursor to ER and Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, exactly. Top movies. Number one, Ghostbusters. Was that 84? 84. Here are some other classics. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Gremlins. Love that. Beverly Hills Cop, The Karate Kid, yeah. which is, you know, The Karate Kid has, is having a renaissance with Cobra Kai on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's a must-watch. Uh, we should do a whole episode on that. Temple of Doom, by the way. Unpopular opinion. Uh, it's better than it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's far better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. But The Last Crusade, I think, takes this top spot mm, for me. I have to disagree with that. But Sean The Connery. Natural. The Natural. I mean, uh, Robert Redford, baseball yeah. film, incredible. Yeah. And then, of course, I have to sort of round this out with... Some of the greatest songs of all time. When Doves Cry, What's Love Got to Do With It, Footloose, Jump, not one of the greatest songs of all time, but you know, iconic. Go ahead and jump. Yep, Hello, Owner of a Lonely Heart, Ghostbusters, Karma Chameleon, All Night Long, uh, Dancing in the Dark. So, again, a lot of the things that I associate with the 80s all sort of came together in 1984. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say on top of all those things, there was just something magical about the summer of 1984 because of the Summer Olympic Games and how it united 
the country, or at least that's how it felt to 16-year-old me. Yeah, um, of course. And uh, and just hanging out with my buddies, it was a it was a great year. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I remember just how proud I was of the nation in 2016, just seeing athletes from all walks of life, yep. from all different skill sets and skill levels coming together to represent. Uh, the U.S. and normally the U.S. does an excellent job in the Olympic Games, and that's one of the things that I'm very proud about. Mm-hmm. Us, you know, you can say whatever you want, uh, but you have to you have to admit we have some of the best athletes in the entire world, and it just made me so proud to be part of uh, a country with such amazing people. Of course, our basketball team is mm-hmm. amazing, and we used to have baseball, but I think that ended in 2008 in the mm-hmm. Olympics. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many ways to become more connected with the nation that you're a part of. And of course, without getting too much into it, sometimes you feel a little bit divided from that. Of course, the nation can feel divided, but I feel like the Olympic Games is really what brings people I together. Agree. I and agree. ironically, yeah. in the spirit of competition. We could use an Olympic Games. Um, real quick, I want to tell you two fun facts uh, from 1984. One is the Supreme Court ruled that taping television shows on your home VCR did not violate copyright law. That's awesome. I know, right? That's so useful. Uh, It is. And then another one, led by Bob Geldof, the band Band-Aid released Do They Know It's Christmas, which is to, to this day still one of my three favorite Christmas songs. Well, you know, and I, even you like that one. I think and you don't like Christmas music. I really don't. Is there something wrong with you? Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Uh, anyway, it's a lot more kitschy now than it probably was back then. But of course, dude, Band Aid, amazing, 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 great, just great song. Mm-hmm. I hear it all the time. I mean, I'll even play it in August. I don't even mm-hmm. care. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic line from what was that movie? Daddy's Home Too. Yeah. I think. <laughs> John, John Cena. <laughs> yeah, John. <laughs> He's funny. He's funny. Um, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree. A lot of great pop culture moments mm-hmm. for you know our favorite years. Um, but let's go a little bit further okay. into what your honorable mentions would okay. be. I think we're going to have two apiece? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Noah, clearly, 1987. 1987. Is the year you were born. No, 1997 is when I was born. I mean, oh my gosh. He wouldn't know because he was also <laughs> absent for my first birthday. Hanging oh out gosh. in Hong Kong, <laughs> yeah. having the time of his life. Yeah, I was having a great experience in Hong Kong, <laughs> and you don't remember that. I mean, 1997 is my... <laughs> or maybe I am older than uh, yeah. I see him. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I think you have the hairline of a 34-year-old. Oh, you have the hairline of a 90-year-old, so <laughs> we can keep going. Um, no, 1997 yes. is, is a, obviously... A very significant year in my in my life. I mean, obviously, your mom and I got married in 1995. I say obviously. The, the listener doesn't know that unless you know us. And frankly, you probably do know us because all <laughs> of our listeners are friends of ours. But that that aside, I mean, you know, there's nothing more that um, changes your life mm-hmm. than having a child. Yeah, of course. Um, and I I wouldn't know that, but I mean, you've told me so much just about how much it changes your perspective and how you can't truly know what the impact is until you do have a child. And I'm in no rush, by the way, but I'll take you on your word for it. Yeah, and no one can fully appreciate, you know, I think when you have a child, um, people will say, oh, your life will never be the same. Well, guess what? It never has been the same. It's been 10 times better with you in it. Far more interesting, for sure. Far more interesting. I mean, you wouldn't be doing a podcast. Yeah, if you I'm a big fan it. of you, Noah, in case you didn't know. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. So, 1997. Great year for me because of you. I appreciate that. 
Um, I'm going to be less sweet and say 2005. Of course you are. Um, but uh, regardless, we did have a lot of shared experiences this year. Uh, number one of all, 2005. Okay, so I was what? Oh, no, you say you and I had shared experiences in 2005? Oh, of course. Oh, okay. I can't yeah. wait to hear them. Um, well, I remember this was the first year that we truly started going to baseball games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our uh, town had a team uh, called the Indians, uh, which switched to the Royals. Uh, and I remember that's when we officially started going to those games. And we went with Pop-Pop. And it was a really special thing for me because yeah. I just really started getting into baseball at a higher level mm-hmm. even though i had been playing for a small amount of years i remember those were just great times because it's something that across generations pop up you and i mm-hmm. could share together yeah. and i always just had a really really fun time just talking about it and experiencing you know it, i mean getting behind home plate so easy mm-hmm. so easy there and it, it's it was just wonderful that i i do have he those loved fond it. memories he loved it i know um and then, of course, Revenge of the Sith came out that year, May 19th, 2005, which may very well be one of the best days of my life. Um, I, I got to say, I remember waking up, coming downstairs, and there was a whole Star Wars-themed breakfast menu. Um, it, it, it was just it was just excellent. We went to Burger King before uh, – well, I remember I was in first grade, and I was thinking about it all day. I remember uh, my teacher – A long time ago. It's interesting when you're at this stage of my life, mm-hmm. as, in, at this stage of your life, 2005 does not sound like that long ago. 16 but years ago. when you say first grade – which is kindergarten? Uh, first grade. First grade. Me. Yeah. When you say first grade, I think to myself, that seems like a long time ago when I'm looking at you – 23 year old you oh yeah i mean certainly but because you don't look any different except for the beard (laughs) (laughs) yeah true but uh i remember you know we went uh to the theater we saw it three times we saw it three times uh that year only three times in the theater i think you saw it four times in total because you went to the midnight showing beforehand i did but 2005 was check it out for you make sure it was okay for age appropriate i just remember in 2005 this sounds so silly as a kid but after kindergarten, you know, I had passed, uh, essentially passed the first grade at that point in 2005. And I just started to feel a little bit older. I felt like, I, I remember feeling like I was super prepared for the next years of my life. And it was just a time where, before you're 10, especially, you really do have that childlike sense of wonder. And I remember that was one of the last years where... I kind of did have that sort of imagination where, you know, I became more, I, 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 there's, you get more pragmatic as life goes on, mm-hmm. right? And I'd say that. Especially if you're a Z. Yeah, of course. And life, it's so magical as a kid sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I remember 2005 was just, you know, an amazing time just for the things I loved doing and just where it started. Uh-huh. So um, that has to be one of them for me. And what's your next honorable mention? Yeah, 1999. Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty obvious. Luke arrived, so yes. your brother. And um, I got to tell you, when you have, it was awesome having the two of you two years apart because you guys were just the biggest buddies. But I got to tell you, when you have two kids who are two years old or younger, it rocks your world. Sure um, does. Much more than I ever expected. And not that it was bad, but it was just busy. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting to have two small children to see how very different their personalities are. And they still are very different, but yeah. but uh, it was all good. So um, I think also 1999 was just sort of a, I mean, it was the end of 1999 that Luke arrived. And uh, 
You know, I think there was a lot of excitement about, and a lot of trepidation, honestly, about going into 2000. Y2K. Y2K thing. Which I mean, was Prince a, even prophesied about 1999 uh, you know, many years before. Exactly. Probably as you know, far back as 1984. Yeah. Who knows? But I can't all, remember. Yeah, I can't remember either, and I don't really love that song. So, But all that said, I just think that for me, I mean, obviously there were three years um, that are critically important outside of yes. my, the year for which I have the fondest memories. 1995 the year your mom and I got married, and then you arrive in 1997, and then Luke arrived in 1999. That's big, when... Big decade there, huh? It was a very big five years. You graduated years. college in the 90s, too, did you not? I did, and my graduate degree in the 90s. So you're right. The 90s were a big decade for me. Um, yeah. Uh, and honestly, they went so quickly. Yeah. It, it's it when you reflect on how much your life changes from the time you graduate from college to the time you get married to the time you have children, uh, and really that was only seven years, mm-hmm. but that's a lot of growth and a lot of change. And see, I'm not there yet, so right. I couldn't understand. But right, that's something that we might that's be talking to about to. seven years from now. Right, you never know. Right, I'm not putting a time and date on it. By the way, no, I think that's yeah. <laughs> probably a good idea. But at the same time, you know. Seven years from now, we will probably, you know, be ranked in the top five podcasts in the country, right? I'd like to hope so. Yeah. Uh, as long as y'all, thank you so much, uh, keep rating us five <laughs> stars, then uh, more people will listen. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say my uh, final honorable mention has to be 2012. Uh, this I, knew you, one, I knew you would say that. Yeah, this one was almost my top year. Um, this was another transitionary one. Mm-hmm. It's when I was coming out of uh, middle school and into high school. Mm-hmm. It's that point where you're an established teenager and you're really starting to do the things that are sort of pre-adult of course you start working mm-hmm. um i remember i i remember i started running that year too mm-hmm. and it was the next step after baseball for me because i had pretty much only done baseball my whole life and i wanted to start something new and i remember that was the year that propelled me to do just so many new things and it like set up so many experiences with running as much as I dislike the concept of cross country sometimes or just running for fun in general, I have to say it is vitally important to how it's shaped me, how it you know helps me out, how it's used as a leisure activity or maybe a necessity. Um, and that was kickstarted in uh, 2012, of course. And once again, just starting high school and becoming a little bit older. And I, I felt like 2012, uh, another Olympic Games year, super fun to watch. Um, that was also the year that we did our first 5k and we tried the Zaxby's birthday cake shake, which was disappointing, uh, for the first time. But I just remember a lot of really good memories. I started feeling older and I would say 2012 was probably the point where my mind switched from young teenager to more of where it's formulated now. Mm -hmm. I would say I got, uh, there's a lot of things that started in 2012 that, you know, I still feel a sense of, uh, Continue, continuity with uh, I, I would I would definitely say I want to point out that running and we've talked about this in a separate episode that running is a fundamental part of a year that we recall yeah. so and the fact that we're both still doing it yeah I think is um, shouldn't surprise us if yeah. in fact running is a big part of our most memorable years yeah, and I, I believe that was the year that we went back and gave Waffle House another try. Yes. In Myrtle Beach. Yes. That was the first time I took you to 
It was and November. You, you came in second. Was it second? She and the and the waitress slash counselor yeah. said to you, uh, next, you win next year and you get like a free breakfast. Do you remember that? I do remember her saying that. Uh-huh. And I got lost the next year, actually. I remember. You did. That was not the only time you've gotten lost during a race. But, you know, there was we'll save one, that There for, was one other time I truly got lost. We'll save that for another podcast episode. By the way, this is number 13. Uh, I believe it is number 13. number 13. Yeah. But yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the episode a little bit early. But uh, I just want to say thank you for listening. And I really appreciate you talking about your experiences because in a way it helps kind of when we reflect on this, it kind of helps me guide me into what I may or may not be able to expect uh, over the course of time uh, when I experience the things that you have over the course of your life. And I mean – we still have fond memories of when we were young and somewhat similar time frames, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because in the next 10 years, you're going to learn a lot, and so am I. Um, I would be remiss if I forgot about the recommendations portion of our podcast. So you go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> I've got a food I'm going to recommend. Okay. First of all, um, for those of you who have tried uh, whipped peanut butter, um, you're out of luck. I hope you have good memories because <laughs> it is simply impossible to find. I am a huge peanut butter fan, as we established during our candy eating episode. However, um, I prefer whipped peanut butter, and uh, it was a thing for a while, but you simply cannot get it anymore. Um, 2012 was also the first year that we had Jif Whips. Was it that long ago? Yeah, seriously. So in 2020, I had a tower of Jif Whips, and I'm going somewhere with this, folks. And um, I ate it all, thinking <laughs> I was just going to be able to get it. But you cannot get it off the internet anymore. Or if you do, you have to pay, I don't know, what is that, like 12 ounces of peanut butter, and you have to pay like 60 bucks for it, which I'm not going to do. If you're familiar with the concept of scalping, that's exactly what people are doing, but with peanut butter. Yeah, I don't know why you can't buy whipped peanut butter, Jif Whips, anywhere. But They discontinued so, it, according to their Twitter account, and there was a lot of backlash. Why? Um, I would imagine because the demand didn't... Uh, meet the supply uh but i would probably also say the pandemic had a lot to do with maybe buying extra treats or maybe specifically it's peanut butter kind of thing it is peanut butter it's healthier peanut butter anyway here's my recommendation it's not jiff whips peanut butter even though i would highly recommend that but since you can't get it anymore so i was searching walmart.com and i found whipped peanut butter Mm -hmm. so i thought hmm i don't believe it but i'm going to check it out and so I ended up getting some whipped peanut butter off of Amazon, and I, I don't, I mean, off uh, Walmart.com. It's not exactly whipped peanut butter. It's whipped marshmallow peanut butter flavor. That sounds like it's right up your alley. It is right up my alley. But here, it's supposed to be like Amish. Apparently, it's an Amish treat mm-hmm. that they have at Amish weddings. Okay. Um, and it's... Uh, it's quite good. It is not whipped peanut butter, but if you're looking for something that's sort of a light peanut butter-esque treat, check out the Amish whipped peanut butter from Walmart.com. I don't have the brand name, but uh, all you have to do is Google that, and you'll find something really delicious. I should also mention it's probably lower calorie and lower fat than normal. And extra sugar. Well, there you go. Uh, I'm going to keep my recommendation uh, short and sweet, but it's also going to be food because I just had it today. Uh, I have never had fondue in my life, and today I got crab fondue, and it was quite good. So if you go anywhere that uh, has crab fondue, please go ahead and try it. 
I actually had hanger steak along with that as well, and I dipped it in the fondue. You can judge me for that all you want. But it was delicious with a side of mashed potatoes. Um, it's not something you see every time, but if you ever catch it on a menu, go ahead and order it because I'm not a huge seafood fan, uh, but I have to say it was quite good, quite good. You're not a huge seafood fan except for Red Lobster. I do not like Red Lobster either. If you listen to the previous episodes, then you know that we have established this. Okay. I'm over here I'm over here judging you for dipping your steak into the fondue. Well, it's a good thing you were not there and you simply heard me uh, say it back right. to you. By the way, happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, it is my girlfriend and I's uh, third anniversary, and that's how we celebrated uh, with some crab fondue. She did not have crab fondue. Okay. Uh, otherwise, uh, yes, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been the best years of our lives, and it looks like my dad has something else to say. I was going to say best slash favorite years of our lives. Yeah, of course, there's tons of other amazing points, but these are definitely the most memorable for us. And there are some common themes that we really had not talked about until we got in front of the microphone. Of course. And you know what? I think the best is yet to come. I agree. All right. So, I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is Easy Talk.